the top two movie dads are in the same film. <laughs> well, they saved the well. They raised the guy who saved the world. I mean, that's pretty good credentials, right well, there. I mean, shout out Mass Steel, but it's not that. And welcome in, everybody. We are now on episode seven almost to the two-month anniversary of the Man in the Middle podcast. And you'll all be happy to know that the Beauty Man is back on the West Coast with the sleeping guy. They're in the same room. So we all will not be having any connectivity issues. Knock on wood. Boys, how's it, how's it to be back together? It's great. Honestly, when you, when you take us apart, it's almost like you're taking away two brothers. So it is Excellent to be back with my podcasting partner, The Beauty Man. I'd like to say hello to the listeners out there, and especially a big hello to all of our American listeners. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. While our excitement has been somewhat stagnated, I have to say I'm very excited for the upcoming holiday season. I couldn't be more bummed right now. The Beast just dropped the knowledge that the Steelers-Ravens game is being postponed. I think that's complete bullshit, although it is... It is relaxing to be within the confines of my own home with the sleeping guy here and Mrs. Beauty Man, our two oh. lovely dogs. This breaking news has ruined my favorite holiday of the year and the rest of my week. So until Sunday, I will be pouting. <laughs> so I'll, we might as well get right into that before we could talk about the week that was. Um, the game postponed. How is this fair to the Steelers? I, I don't get it. Like they. They're the ones, they've already been screwed once. They lost their bye earlier in the season. Now Juju and Eric Ebron, they're tweeting about how is this fair? Like, we, we already lost our bye. Now we're losing our primetime game. Like, is this just part of the way it is? Or do you guys think the Ravens should just be punished and maybe either have to forfeit or just play with the guys they got? I think the Ravens got to just dress a squad and put them out there. How is it any issue of the Steelers – that you motherfuckers can't stay healthy. Just because you don't have an entire position group, like the backfield's getting wiped out, okay, who cares? You haven't had a running game in three weeks anyway, so have Lamar go out there and throw five, six picks. You're going to lose anyways. Just show up and give me something to watch in prime time. It's supposed to be the only good goddamn game tomorrow, and now we got nothing. Yeah, it's bullshit. But two points. Number one, couldn't have happened to a better team than the Steelers. I think that they'll be just fine with their big 10-0 record. And number two, honestly, I don't think Mike Tomlin is surprised. Nothing surprises him. He's been prepared for the Thanksgiving game postponement all week. Um, yeah, but it sucks for us, honestly, because I was really planning on taking a hard nap between the second quarter and the third quarter of the Cowboys' um, wash, whoops, Washington professional football team game and then waking up just in time for a little bit of pumpkin pie before the big night game. Um, we've been robbed as football fans, and honestly, it's, it's just another thing to let us down in 2020. Beast, what are your thoughts? Well, it is true that we are the true victims here. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's no question about it. But I mean, the only thing I'll say is like, unless it's they're worried about people still testing positive and then playing, and then it would cause a further shit show. I kind of get it, but it's it just seems like the Steelers are getting screwed again. So they they've had a tough go of it. But I mean, has it really affected them? They're ten and zero. So I don't know. I don't know. They'll probably be fine. But it it just it does suck for the football viewers, especially on Thanksgiving. I mean, 
American Thanksgiving that we've we've adopted as our own <laughs> over this the last years. The real Thanksgiving. Yeah. This is exactly how you'd want to play the Ravens, though. I mean, they're just getting a cop out. They're going to take another L. They couldn't win the tough matchup at home a few weeks ago against Pittsburgh. And now Pittsburgh is supposed to get them dismantled on a short week in their barn. And they just, they're getting away with murder. Well, like, yeah. This is horseshit. You got an 85-man roster for a reason. Like, if you're not going to play everybody when, when five guys get sick, like, I don't know. I don't know what, what that is. And, like, even, even more to that, like, there's going to be riots in America. You're going to have to spend three hours on Thanksgiving night with the sauces flowing, having to talk to your relatives with all the hubbub going on out there. I, it, I'm the state of emergency for America. I'm declaring it right now. Like, is it too late to flex somebody else into that spot? We could just yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe so. move the game up a couple days. Like, come but, on. But, but boys, boys, at least we got a prime time uh, a showing for first place in the NFC East tomorrow that I know we're all excited about. But let's get back to the week that was because we got some big topics to talk about. Another, another weird week. But I'll start off with this question for you, boys. Who is the best team in the NFC? Because it's, there, could, there could be a few teams in my mind. I'll, I'll start it off with you guys, though. You tell me who the best team in the NFC is, because it's, it's up in the air. Ladies first. Well, Sean, I'm glad you asked, because I'd like to play a little visual game with a listener right now. Um, currently, I'm wearing a hoodie that is blue with some green piping and drinking out of what I like to call right. wow. the Victory Coffee Mug. The Seattle Seahawks logo on it. We're seven and three. The defense finally showed up on Thursday night. We've got one of the easiest no. schedules left no. for the rest of the season. We have a quarterback playing at the peak of his powers. We've got old Pete, who Nick didn't beat up this week, which is always a victory for us old guys out there. I think the Seahawks are the best team in the NFC. I think that was the dumbest shit I've heard in a while. I think <laughs> I think you got. I'm leaning Rams, boys. I'm leaning Rams. They're, they've got they've got some viable wins. Shout out um, to the Packers because, Ugh. weirdly enough, I think um, they impressed me more in a loss against Indianapolis than they did in victories at home against Jacksonville. Make sense of that. However, the conference in general is pretty wide open. I mean, you're going to get a fucking sub-500 team going to host a playoff game. So it's all up in the air. But my front runner right now is definitely the Rams. Yeah, I don't mind that. I I would maybe go the Saints still, but well, like I, no no Drew Brees. I, yeah, but I don't Taysom, think Taysom Hill looked that good. No, no, I don't think so either. I mean, he, all he could he threw a few nice balls, but it's mostly with his legs. So I mean, I'd like to see what he can do against an actual NFL defense rather than the the Falcons, you know. But uh, but I mean, their def, the Saints defense is solid. But what is the deal with Drew Brees? How two more weeks? Three more weeks? He's on three-week IR, so I imagine a couple weeks, and then mm-hmm. a week, a week and a half to get integrated back into the offense, see where we're at, so they can flame out in January the last couple of years. I mean, I know you're chiming up to say something, but I don't know if you should be allowed, because you named the second-best team in their division as the best team in the conference. Well, speaking of the Saints, who's ready for the sleeping guy stat of the week? We have, in the Saints-Falcon games, Taysom Hill threw a pass that traveled 42 yards in the air which is the farthest any pass a Saints quarterback has thrown in the last half decade. Yeah, so that, that tells you all you need to know about Drew Brees. And, and it was way you also see it was grossly underthrown. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> It was a dead duck. Someone fired the shotgun and caught it mid-flight. They're not doing enough bench pressing in the quarterback room of that team, for sure. Um, but 
I'm out on the Saints. I think they're I think they're a bit of a hoax to go along with the American election. I just election. think we've seen the same story the last three or four years in a row where we're going to look great in the regular season. Drew's going to break his own record for completion percentage. And then you're going to be incredibly underwhelming the second you show up in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. I could, I could make, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I agree with the Nick and try not to put be too Homer because the sleeping guy just started off with the most Homer take I've seen in a while, but I think the Rams <laughs> might be the most complete team, but they, the Jared Goff still scares me. He, uh, he tried to give the game away against Tampa Bay. He was lights out first half, probably the best half I've seen him play all year and against, against a really good defense then had some shaky, shaky plays in the second half. But I mean, he got him down into field goal range when they needed the most made it made a great throw on the rollout to Cooper cup. So, I mean, I, I have faith in the Rams, especially with that defense, but it's going to be tough. There's it's the NFC is wide open. I still think so. It's going to, what do you guys think? Do you think it comes down to who can get that first round by? Since there's only one of them. <laughs> well, captain obvious take of the week is that the buy is going to be huge. Um, for whichever team gets it, having that extra week of rest is. I think it's going to be not as important. not as huge. In well, a home field advantage, like the rest is going to be great. Yeah, but I, I get the sense that the way we're headed, COVID-wise, that we may have like an overall NFL bye week impending here. I saw the, the emergency just in case plan that they proposed and the the owners approved a few weeks back. Might have to add an extra week, give everybody a break get the buy i mean how fresh is everyone going to be that's that's an advantage to getting that week off however 90 to 100,000 fans screaming your name behind you is a bigger one and that's not going to be around so we're going to be playing these games in empty barns anyways it's a matter of who gets hot at the right time and shout out we get to have a real rest versus rust debate come that come that time because it's going to be it's going to be at the forefront um We'll move quickly, boys, quickly, because I feel like we've becoming we're talking about the NFC East too much, but it's just a topic all every week we gotta discuss quickly. So quickly, every team with three wins, the Eagles are in first technically because they have a tie. But I think they look like maybe the worst team in the division right now. Carson Wentz, I think, cooked, officially cooked, bring in Jalen Hurts. Who says no? But if you guys had to bet on who's gonna win that division after this week. Has it changed for you? Is it still the Giants? Yeah, I, I still like the G-Men. I don't know. I think that they are they play with a little more tenacity, and they've got a bit of a we-want-to-prove-it attitude going on around there. I like that opposed to what I'm seeing around the rest of the division. Yeah, honestly, I usually hate that G-Men take, but the fact of the matter is they're getting a bit of a schedule break with who they're playing on Sunday this week. But we will get to that a little bit later. Um, what I will say on my quick NFC East take is that, number one, I think the Eagles are in the absolute toilet. That is a brutal team. Carson Wentz has been brutal since his boy Frank Reich went to Indianapolis. He's a noticeable drop off in that offense since. But I think we're missing the more important thing. The first place showdown in Thanksgiving in Dallas. Who, how about them Cowboys? I'm pretty excited for that one. I can't wait. There's nothing I love more than watching the Dallas Cowboys disappoint on Thanksgiving. Shout out Tony Romo's collarbone in 2014. Cal, I'll never forget against the Panthers. Yeah, um, yeah but other than that, the NFC sucks. And they're gonna, whoever wins that division is just going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, it sucks. 
but I'm I'm thinking maybe the Cowboys are. <laughs> sue me if you've heard this before, but Kellen Forrest is b- believing in the Cowboys again. I just see their offensive lineup, and they have too much talent. That catch by Ceedee Lamb this weekend was unreal. Like yeah. maybe maybe the best one other than Adam Thielen's this year, which is was in the same game. But I don't know the Cowboys. They got a shot. Everyone's got a shot. I'm kind of excited to see this uh, tire fire come down to the wire but that's enough of the nfc east um yeah thank you yeah yes the listeners are thanking us as well method says tire fire like andy dalton versus alex smith but uh we'll go back to this weekend this last weekend who had the most impressive win in your guys eyes there were some there were some big ones out there does anybody i for me i think it's got to be the colts oh like i i I was a little skeptical if they could beat the good teams, but that defense showed showed they could slow down Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I know he still had – they still sc- scored uh, 31 points, but, I mean, I was just – I didn't believe Phillip Rivers could go toe-to-toe with a, another good quarterback, and he, he kind of showed that he could. Michael Pittman Jr., like, showed he, he might be a receiver there. So, I think I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, you guys going to go d- differently or agree with me? What do you think? Colin, I do agree with you that that is a very impressive victory. And I finally got to watch some Colts football over these past two weeks. So I will say that they're definitely on my radar finally. Um, they have a great offensive line. But I have two, kind of two more impressive victories than the Colts beating the Packers at home. Number one, on a short week, the Seattle Seahawks taking down <laughs> the oh, Arizona yeah. Cardinals. <laughs> and number two, the Tennessee Titans beating the Baltimore Ravens in overtime. What an absolute performance by the Tennessee Titans to squeak that one out. Um, just a couple of man's plays by A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. You love to see it. Just powering themselves to the end. So that team will not be denied. And honestly, I think, do we have another Colts-Titans matchup this weekend? Or is that next weekend? Because that is going to be absolutely massive. We know the Colts That's already. This weekend. Yeah. It's this weekend? Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a great Sunday. Yeah. That A.J. Brown play reminded me of, like, you know, when the older brother, like, the older kid plays with the younger kids and he just, like, they go full tackle and bodies are just flowing, flying off of him as he, as he walks towards the end zone, you know? He's just oh, – yeah. he, is he the best receiver in the league once he gets the ball into his hands? I, I don't know, Kellen. But did you know that uh, him and D.K. Metcalf went to the same university? Yeah, and didn't they go? Didn't they? Wasn't their record under five hundred? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it's a but it's a new thing. We're all just learning about this year that DK Metcalf and AJ Brown both went to Mississippi. So it's crazy. So it's big facts for everyone. Yeah, uh, beauty man, most impressive win. Um, honorable mention to the Titans, but I'm I gotta go with the Rams. I honestly thought that they had um, little to no shot to play that game, and not only did they come out and win, they looked like the better team from kickoff until the clock struck zero there was no ifs ands or buts about it they played great defensively schematically i I, man that dc that sean brought in this year he's doing he's doing some impeccable work i didn't think replacing wade phillips was uh, a great move at the time because you know he's a defensive stout and lead the league the last 20 25 years however going into tampa bay and getting that w that really impressed me. I believed in the Titans. I believed in the Colts. I thought I saw that coming. 
this one I really didn't see coming, so they'll, they'll get the, my most impressive W of the week. Yeah, shout out Tom Brady still getting uh, favorable rulings because how the fuck was that not a fumble? That was clearly oh, a- that that was incomplete all the way. But <laughs> man, did he he did not look great. He did that not was, look uh, great. Well, I, I mean, just think the primetime games are bad for Tom because it's past his bedtime, so he's, he always struggles. Well, and again, I think Arians and him are not on the same page. Like, that's not Tom's game to be chucking chucking it deep at, like half the game. Like, I just I, I I mean I've been. I've been complaining about it all year. I don't understand what they're doing. It looks like they're running the same 15 plays every week, and they're trying to force a Cadillac to be a Formula One race car. I mean, I don't get it. I really yeah, don't get it's, it. It's questionable for sure. And, like, Tom's been winning Super Bowls. I mean, he, I know he, used, like, he still can throw a good deep ball, but that's not his forte. So, I, I mean, it looks like Bruce Arians maybe still thinks they have Jameis at the helm or something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll see what, what happens. The Bucks are just – every week I, I think differently of them afterwards because it's they, – they're so Jekyll and Hyde it almost seems like. But. They look like a Bruce Arians coached football team, and it's, it's maddening as a Tom Brady stand and coming off that run with Bill and company because I get to watch the Patriots – be underwhelming, needing nothing more than a quarterback with that running game and offensive line. And then we go over to Tampa Bay and we watch a quarterback with all these weapons not be able to scheme anybody open. I mean, the guy's leading the league in completion percentage to tight windows. How, why is he throwing so many passes into tight windows when you have all those fucking weapons? Like, can we not scheme anybody open ever? Yeah. Well, well yeah, but if they, it, they're open, if they just run as fast as they can down the field and you throw it farther <laughs> That's that's just the Bruce Arians open. That's how you get him open. No, <laughs> just run as fast as humanly possible in a straight line and beat your guy. That's how you get open to Bruce Arians. And opens. then you just stop that with the same coverage that anyone with a pass rush and competent DBs can stop. Well, I mean, you just play two man, and they're inept. They well, you, cannot beat it. Well, you're talking to a guy who forced like ten turnovers in Madden in three games on Monday night. I know exactly how to stop that. Open. Shout out to rookie uh, Jordan Fuller getting two of the easiest interceptions I've ever seen. The guy just had the fucking sleeping guy. I think you could have even caught those, maybe. Well, let's not get carried away. <laughs> Bogey um, territory for the sleeping guy. Yeah, but anyways, we move on to some some sad news of the week. R.I.P. Joe Burrow. Um, I hope I hope you guys didn't see the slow mo of it because you could literally see his knee pop out and then pop back in. Um, looks like the next season is even in question for him now because of all the damage he did ACL, among other things. Um, how sad were you guys to see that? And is the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year is it just over now? Is it just Justin Herbert now that now that he's done? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the guy's absolutely slinging it. He looked great. I know he's playing New York again this week, but they fell down early. And then he set a record for most three-plus touchdown games as a rookie. I mean, just go ahead and give him the award already. However, is no one else going to call it the fact that fucking Coach Taylor has just thrown Burrow to the wolves out there? No one in the league has thrown more passing attempts than this guy. He's been the starter since day one, and they just put his entire career in jeopardy. I mean, I would have fired that coach Monday morning specifically for that. And look over the history of the league. Every quarterback who ever sits, even give him five, six weeks, you're in the perfect situation to sign back Dalton, let him be putrid until the bye, and then bring in Burrow, 
play five, six, eight games, and we're off rolling next year. No, we'll just throw him to the Wolves, put his career at jeopardy. The only situation I can cop it to is a little maybe RG3-ish where the coach didn't know what to do, and he may have cost this kid a career. Yeah, well, that's always been the book on Coach Taylor. I mean, he threw him in Matt Saracen before he was ready. And when he, when he moved over to East Dillon High, I don't think Vince was ready either. But suffice to say, he knows how to get it done with losing teams. Um, to that point, though, I just think Joe Burrow was too good to let him sit on the bench. You saw an attitude with that team when he was out there. He was already the leader of that team. I liken it to a la Russell Wilson in his rookie year with Seattle. Maybe, maybe he wasn't fully developed, but you've got to let the boys play, especially if they're that good. There's no way Russ wins that job if not for – a great defense, and a running game. You didn't ask him to do anything for three years. You asked Joe Burrow to literally stand back there and throw it more than anyone else in the league. If you got the rookie first overall picks chucking it more than Patrick Mahomes, where's the issue here? Well, with the offensive line, first and foremost, they couldn't block a well, then single body. You, shouldn't you be aware that you shouldn't throw it on every down if you can't block anyone? I just I don't understand that line of thinking unless – you're just talking about Bengals ownership and they want jersey sales and popularity, maybe get on a couple primetime games, make some money because, you know, they're so concerned about the budget. Well, the, I, th- I think that Coach Taylor is probably a little bit worried about that seat getting a little warm, but he has to look back at the Bengals history and realize that he's not getting fired for another 12 seasons as long as he can produce a 7-9 and nine or an 8-8 eight and eight here pretty soon. But you got to remember, too, they lost Joe Mixon. Like, that guy was the workhorse back in that offense, and it's just – Injuries are a part of the game. You hate to see it, but it, yeah, it happens. Yeah, and there and are it, ways to protect your quarterback. They need to get an offensive line. Like, they kind of just completely botched the position this year, even though they had they wanted to have their franchise guy. But, I mean, it, it just sucks, I think, especially because it looks like the next season's in doubt. But you know Joe Burrow, he's going to try and push as hard as he can to get back, but – I don't know. It's I, it's I don't know. If that's by the time he gets back on the field, for Christ's sake. I'll tell you what, though, the race for comeback player of the year next year is already heating up. You got Prescott and Joe Burrow, Joe might not and be back Saquon Barkley. Well, well, it's Alex Smith this year, so might as well. <laughs> yeah, no, Ben Roethlisberger's not ten and zero or anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the storyline's too good, boys. But the but any day, anyways, let's get into. The Power Five. So, oh, the Power Five. The Power Five. Um, I will start this week because I'm going to – star of the show. Well, yeah. Well, you can't – and everyone's excited for the debauchery that is usually the sleeping guy's top five. So, we'll give him a little – we'll give him a little suspense. <laughs> top two remain the same. Chiefs, Chiefs number one. I Matt Mahomes is MVP for me. Uh Look what he did. Did anybody have any doubt coming down to the wire against the Raiders that Mahomes was going to drive him for a touchdown? I don't think I don't think I I didn't. I'm sure you guys didn't either. Um, so they're number one. Steelers, number two. They looked pretty dominant against the Jags. I was looking forward to watching them play tomorrow. But uh, especially in that big, big divisional matchup, must win for the Ravens, in my opinion. But um, Ravens, Ravens. Two. Then this is where it gets starts to get tricky because uh, I'm gonna go with the Saints at three. That was such a. So I mean, they they still won. They're still their number one seed in the NFC. I know I know there's question marks about their quarterback, but like if Drew's Drew's back, 
I don't know. They've, they've still proven to me that they're, they're number three. At number four, I'm going to go with the Rams. Got to put the Rams up there this week. Um, they're, num- they're leading the NFC West. They got a cup, two big divisional matchups coming up, 49ers, Cardinals. So that'll, if they can go 2-0, I think that'll, that'll really help them win the division here. So I'm going to go with the Rams. That defense looks good. At number five, oh, I'm going to go with the Colts. I didn't put Holy the Colts. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to go with the Colts. I'm, I might have taken the exact uh, power five the beauty man had based off his reaction. But, uh, oh, yeah. but that defense looks, uh, looks great. Um, Phillip Rivers looks capable. So I'm going to put the Colts in there. Um, we'll see if the beauty man changes his up at all. But So we'll go to the sleeping guy next. We'll, we're excited to see what crazy team you have in there this week. You know the Titans are getting back in every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for introducing the King of Controversy. And let's get started with the sleeping guy, Sweet Dreams Top 5 Power Rankings. At number one for the fifth consecutive podcast, The Storms. Another impressive victory on Sunday. And I love saying the word stores. They stay at number one. Number two, finally proving themselves to me. <laughs> Going to be tough to knock them out of the power five for the rest of the season. It's crazy that I had more confidence in Patrick Mahomes getting that touchdown than I had in Harrison Butker covering that extra half point for me to win the three and a half on Sunday night. We've got the Chiefs and the Walrus at number two. Keep Andy away from the stuffing. Number three. You've got the best team in the NFC. The Seattle Seahawks are back in the power rankings all the way up to number three. Holy fuck. Seahawk. At number four, we have got the Tennessee Titans. They're back to playing playoff games. They got another win on Sunday. You can't stop Henry in November. You can't stop him in December. And apparently you can't stop A.J. Brown either. And Mike Vrabel almost kicked the shit out of Jim Harbaugh before the game. So that he, he might have been at number one on the power rankings. And at number five, setting up the most exciting matchup of the weekend for supremacy in the AFC South. You've got nine-time father, Philip Rivers, and Captain Frank Reich heading at home to the Tennessee Titans. Can't wait, ladies and gentlemen. Honorable mention, good Jared Goff. Well done, my friend. Way to get to number six. And dishonorable mention, old man Tom Brady, who's been screwing me in primetime all season. There used to be nothing more reliable than Tom Brady at night. And in the most dishonorable mention of all time, I can't believe that you doofuses were bringing up the Packers again. Kellen, last week on the power rankings, anytime a team got said, you go, surprise, you don't have the Packers in there. Surprise, you don't have the Packers in there. They suck. I've never seen a guy get more leeway for winning one Super Bowl and sucking more. Aaron Rodgers, you're canceled. You're like 12th in my power rankings this week. Yeah, the Packers have not been in my power rankings because they've got Rodgers at the helm. However, um, the number one ranked team in the NFC, they will be in my power rankings. So we're going to one. We'll let the beast cut in here, not like. Can I just can I just say I might we might have to cut the sleeping guys uh, power rankings this week just because. We're we're really losing credibility when when his uh, his come up there. Well, but, between uh, you fumbling your words and saying the Ravens are two, and him misplacing the top team in the conference. Wait, did I say the Ravens are two? Yeah, it's fine. The, 
I, this guy won't lie. Check the tape. I meant we'll this move on to my power rankings. And I'll I'm sorry. I just up. don't believe in the mainstream media's power ranking takes, okay? Chiefs one. Steelers two. Saints, top team in the NFC. Oh. They're three. Yuck. I wanted to pick the Rams, but the Rams have lost two games solely because their quarterback. Apparently in New Orleans, doesn't matter who your quarterback is. Sean Payton's going to scheme it up to get a W anyways. And at number five, it is the Colts. I like their defense. Like I said last week, if Rivers just doesn't turn it over and too many times, they can win some football games. All right. Well, the, there's our power five. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I met the Steelers at number two. I'd like to. We, we know you did, so we didn't call you out at the time. At however. record. Uh, I yeah, still hate yeah. that um, you went first and we had we had matching power rankings. Kellen, I gotta say, I honestly missed it because I was just thinking about myself. Yeah, well, I mean, no, who's sh- who's shocked that the Seahawks are are number three in his power rankings, even though they they can't stop a stop a nosebleed? But yeah, only the worst pass defense in NFL history and the second best team in their division. I mean, in a wild card spot, but number three in his power rankings. <laughs> All right. Well, get ready uh, for the main event on Monday night, everybody. Let's. Uh, if they lose that game, they should just. They. You should. If they lose to the Eagles, Liam, you owe everybody a public apology, and you can never have the Seahawks in your power rankings again. Deal. My speech is not ready. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to another sport because there was a big week in the NBA. We're we're getting we're less than a month out from the start of the regular season, which is seems Crazy. insane. But since we just feels like we just ended, but NBA draft was uh, was this week. Did you guys watch and any big takeaways? Well, Kellen, as predicted on the podcast last week, no, I did not. I fell asleep and I missed the whole draft. However, I did read some great recaps afterwards, and I've got to say that Lamelo Ball and Charlotte is one of my favorite storylines of all time. Um, other than that. I have no idea what happened with the draft. <laughs> no, I'd like to give myself a pat on the back for Colin Wiseman and two to Golden State. Might have been a little obvious. However, I really like that pick. Um, I was surprised. My boy Obi Token might be my favorite name to read off, but um, I thought he might go a little higher. I had him eyeing up maybe in the Chicago slot. However, it should be interesting. Are we going to get the LeVar, Michael, Jordan one-on-one matchup? Probably not. I don't want to see it. I know Mike will take care of him anyways. Interested to see who plays point guard. I love Michael Jordan as a player. I do not think he's the greatest team builder ever. So I could easily see that pick flaming out in three to five years and Lamel playing somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, he's probably the most, I don't know. A lot of people had him going one. So I was kind of shocked with the Edwards pick. But I mean, who knows how that ends up. Uh, The Patrick Williams at four to the Bulls was a definite shocker. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you guys saw the flower segment and that automatically sold me on him. He uh, helped his mom who owns a flower shop. He delivers flowers. So great guy. So not, not a bust. Hashtag not a bust. Um, <laughs> I thought uh, the Kings might've been one of the winners of the draft. Cause they got Tyrese Halliburton at 12, which people wouldn't have batted eye if that guy went six or top six, but somehow he fell to, 12 with the Kings. And I think that's the perfect guy to pair with De'Aaron Fox. Um, he can, or when De'Aaron Fox goes to the bench, he can still run the offense. Very talented guy there. And then shout out my whiz getting uh, Cassius Winston in, in the in middle second round. A lot of people had him as a late first rounder senior. And all he does is win. 
So when John Wall gets traded, which he probably will here soon, not, who, the, who the fuck knows what's going on in that situation, uh, Cassius Winston will run the helm and just feed the ball to Bradley Beal. So I thought that was quite a steal. Um, dra- that's our draft recap. We'll see, we'll see what uh, – I know it was extensive because we're, we're, uh, we're big draft guys. But Well, we crushed a lot of tape. Yeah, exactly. We're, <laughs> we're big tape guys. But after the draft and after the initial run of free agency, is it safe to say the Lakers are just going to win it all again? Yeah, I ran into a, a dear friend of ours, Reverend Cooper Hamilluck, um, back in the YYC last week. I, I complimented him on his Lakers mask, nice. their latest championship, and congratulating them on their impending championship. Because after bringing over the sixth man of the year and the runner-up sixth man of the year, I can't see it going any other way. Yeah, they're the clear favorites. I think the only thing that uh, to get prepared for as NBA fans and take artists is for the first couple months of the season when LeBron and AD are easing themselves in because they nigh finished playing a grueling NBA season six weeks ago when they're playing maybe like 20 minutes a game. Lakers are sitting a few games over 500. What's wrong with the Lakers? Question mark. There's nothing wrong with the Lakers. They still have the best duo in the league. They're the deepest team. Like you're taking out. Rondo's minutes and Bradley's minutes, and you're putting in Schroeder. You're replacing Danny Green with one Wesley Matthews, who's a great three-point shooter. And hopefully Montrezl Harrell doesn't have to play crunch time for them, and they're going to be just fine. I don't see many other teams being able to compete with the mix. There was one other team in the West that I thought could, could play with them, had the coaching, the championship-caliber talent, and then they lose Clay Thompson. So yeah, I yes. don't know where to go from there. I mean, the Warriors are going to be comes out of the East. But Jeez, there was a lot of that was, I was really sad to hear Clay went down like that. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA to watch. That 60.11 dribble game might be the most marvelous shooting performance in the history of any sport ever, all time. Lots yeah. of candlelit vigils this week. <laughs> Seriously. Joe Burrow, yeah, Clay Thompson. Thompson. Just another week in 2020. My gambling account. Thursday night football. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, that Lakers roster, like, if they start something like Schroeder, KCP, LeBron, AD, Gasol, like, that's a pretty solid lineup. And then they, they got Caru- Caruso, you guys forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. So we forgot about Caruso, of course. <laughs> yeah. Wesley Matthews, Kuz, Markeith Morris, and Harrell all coming off the bench. I, I like, I don't love the Harrell and AD playing together, but I think... I line up when AD goes off the floor with LeBron, Schroeder, and Harrell, like running the pick and – Harrell's a good pick-and-roll guy. So I think they just got better, honestly. Um, but I'm wondering if we move to the other conference, because I still, I still think top to bottom the Western Conference is better. Like, none, like you can't really name me like a terrible team in the West. Like the Kings are – but like the Pelicans, they're, they'll be all right, but – there's no terrible teams in the West, but the top of the East might be better than the top of the West this year. Would you guys agree with that? No. I'm no. not going to just crown Katie and Kyrie if I haven't seen it. Katie's coming off a long injury, and Kyrie's a cancer. So whatever potential that they have that think they might be, Kyrie's going to kill it. Okay, He's going to kill it with his conspiracy theories and his propaganda and you want me to keep going? I don't want to keep going. I bought his shoes. It's a huge regret. And I hate him for what he did to Boston. Yeah, I would have to, I would have to agree with the beauty man here. There's just 
so much unknown with all the top teams in the East right now. I mean, like Boston lost some assets. Toronto's but we lost an asset that was never really there. If you think about it, however, uh, it's that was nice. What did he do? What did he do in Hayward in the last couple of years? He shot some threes, blew out his ankle, came back, hurt his ankle again, came back, hurt his ankle again. So congratulations. See you next time. Miami's still stellar. I know they're going to be hanging around, but Milwaukee, underwhelming. They can win an MVP in like 55, 60 games, and then what? Losing the second round? Literally a week ago, the beauty man was preaching how much Hayward's going to add to the Celtics roster when he's healthy this season. But I digress. Um, I was excited. Yeah, well, he was, and then, and then he just. Who like, says no to thirty-four million dollars? Whatever. Anytime you can say yes to one hundred and twenty million dollars, I, I just think that the teams in the West are have much more proven talent at the top, and I've got a nice dog pick in the West that I've got my eye on this season. Mavs. The Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. How are they? Uh, I mean, whatever. How, how are they a dog? Well, they got a bunch of dogs on their team, mm-hmm. and I think that by the time the season rolls around, people are going to put the Lakers the playoffs, and like, the Clippers the ahead two, of them. Three years in a row. Yeah, more. Uh, I'll give my Celtics a shout out though, because um, it might be getting overlooked. But that Tristan Thompson pickup, exactly what they fucking needed. Yeah, it's a uh, little little other draft nugget for you guys. The Nuggets did it again. They took a guy who. Not really, not really, doesn't have a lot of the NCAA tape on. They did it with Bull Bull. They did it with Michael Porter Jr. And they just did it again with RJ Hampton, who was, uh, when it played in the NBL and got him in New Zealand and they got him late at 24. And some were, some were saying he had some of the most, most, uh, biggest ceiling in the draft. So we'll see. The Breakers. If, we'll see if they, it works out for them this time. But Let's move on to my fav- one of my favorite sports. Arguably, it's right up there with the NFL for me. And boys, as we sit here talking right now, college basketball is officially back. We got a wild slate of Wednesday games. And I'll read out a tweet for you that I tweeted because I got to get plug my Twitter, at Kellen Forrest. Please follow me, everybody. Um, but college basketball is back. Are we concerned that they seem to have no plan for dealing with COVID? Yes. Will the <laughs> schedule and the AP rankings be a nightmare to talk about every week because of the wonky schedule? Also, yes. Am I going to look past it all and blissfully enjoy the sport that I love? 100% yes. So, <laughs> so boys, it's going to be a shit show. I, they don't seem to really have a plan. They're just going to postpone games. Teams are going to play different amount of games. But it's back. And are you guys excited? Or that you, you both don't really get really excited until the NFL season um, wraps up? Well, I'm mostly excited to have something to watch on TV most nights of the week now. Like, yeah. it's, it's an absolute wasteland out there, but we'll talk about that later in my sit of the week. I'm really excited, Kellen. I have to say that I didn't watch much college basketball last year, but this year I'm, I'm all the way in. We're back in on the Cats. I think we – what are we, 10th or 11th in the AP poll? 10. Tenth, tenth, nice. Uh, The prognosis on Coach K's back is good this season as well. So you know Duke's going to be hanging around. Um, Yeah, and the Zags, our local team. I couldn't be more excited about college basketball this year. I it's just what the people need amidst the pandemic. I think. um, I mean, the madness. We, We can all we can preach for hours about how incredible the madness is. I just hope to God that we can put some semblance of a season together, if not even just play like interconference matchups and go straight to the tournament. I don't care how you do it, but if we're not 
going round to 64 and that Thursday, Friday at the end of March, I might go full stage, stage five. Well, they've already announced it's all going to be in Indianapolis this year. So the okay. tournament's all well, going to be in one Oh, spot. the home of college basketball. That is positive. That so is at positive. Least, at least we have that. Um, Do some we player- have? What's go that? Ahead. Go ahead, Kel. I was going to say some players, uh, some players uh, the people need to know. These are the guys that are going to be making noise. Oh, Luca. Uh, Luca, yeah, there's, there's the one. Luca Garza, senior. Okay. Decided to come back. Um, probably the heavy front runner for national player of the year. Plays for Iowa. He's he's the guy your dad loves to watch. Everybody. He'll get in the low post. He'll bang some bodies. He's got a nice little baby hook. Plays sleeping like guy, a men's league hero out there. Yeah, sleeping guy wishes that was like his game. You know, but, I love him already. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe the the potential number one pick next year is Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State, freshman guard. Um, a lot of people are saying he's got the most talent in the le- in the NCAA, and a lot of people have him number one in their NBA, or way too early NBA mock draft for next year. Um, Jared Butler, back for Baylor, probably, uh, probably one of the best guards in the country. And then Ayo Dosunamu from Illinois. Um, I hope I pronounced his name right. I've been working on it, so... But he, he's he's going to be giving Cade Cunningham a run for that number one pick. Apparently, he's got got some talent. A lot of a lot of freshmen out there. B.J. Boston from Kentucky and Evan Mobley, two two of the favorites to be in the top ten of the draft. So it's going to be a fun year. Um, I'm excited for it. So I've I've got to start, boys. We're going to make our way too early, without watching a single second. Final four predictions. Who wants to start? I'd love to start. All right. All right. Well, as in with tradition that every season, um, I am always going to put the Kentucky Wildcats in the final four so that I can win the, so that I can win the madness pool. Uh, My second team in the final four, um, a team that will always disappoint us in the semis, the Gonzaga, the Bulldogs. Yes. The dogs, (laughs) the dogs. Um, at number three, only to make sure that this college basketball season has just enough boring for everyone in it, we're going to put the Virginia, the Who's, the Who's in there, to fucking make my eyes bleed. Are you just reading this right off the AP poll? And then no, I'm making, I make, I'm making my picks. Okay. And then, um, well, I guess it's not college football, so Texas isn't back. Um, Shaka's not have- back. I'm going to have to go with maybe a little off the board pick here, but uh, Illinois. All right. Hmm. All right. Thank you there. Shaka, um, Smart, Shaka Smart might be back, though. He got, a good, he got a good recruit, and he's got hair now, boys. So, uh, Shaka with hair. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's going it's to be weird. So um, get, get excited for that. Also, shout out for your Virginia pick, Liam. They've, they're playing right now, and they've given up. 13 points in the first half to the other team. So Virginia defense is back. <laughs> True to form. Mm. It's good well, to know that Shaka Smart is coaching the yeah. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome to 2021. Good job by you, buddy. Now, seeing as um, we didn't have much to go off from last year because they canceled the tourney and I haven't seen a game yet this season, uh, my only way to appropriately make a prediction for the final four is to go 
with the true blue bloods. So we're going to put Kansas. I know they're not what they might were. We're going to throw in Duke. Coach K's backs feeling yeah. comfortable. And because I am a homer and they have the nicest jerseys in college basketball, you're going to throw the Tar Heels in there. But the shocker pick of the week, only because he's returned and he is predicted to be the best player in college basketball, Iowa. I believe they're ranked three to five right now in the AP poll. The people are believing. And if your name's Luca, I believe you can play basketball right now. Shout out Doncic. Shout out Garza. All right. I, I like it. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go – I'm going to put Baylor Villanova in there. I think uh, Baylor – I like Jared Butler. He might be my uh, surprise pick to win National Player of the Year. So, I love – and as we know, boys, we love guard play in the tourney. Uh, <laughs> Everyone loves guard play in the tourney. Well, it's what wins the title. Yeah. And then I'll go Homer with uh, Liam as well. I, I got to put the Wildcats in there. They're freshmen. They might not look great to begin the season, but they'll get there. Coach K will coach up those diaper dandies, you know. And then I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put the Michigan State Spartans in there. Oh, Tom Izzo, tournament time favorites. Tom Izzo will coach them up. I know they lost Cassius Winston there, but he'll he'll coach them up. They'll they'll be there. Okay, quickly, boys. You gave the final your final four. Who's your national champion? Bleed blue, baby. <laughs> Homer, Homer picks all around. Um, fuck, yeah, tar, go Tar Heels. It's been a few years. Okay, I didn't even I'll, make the journey last year. Good thing there wasn't one. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take Baylor. I'm, I'm really buying into this Jared Butler stock, so uh, I'll, go, I'll go Baylor. Um, but that's our college basketball wrap-up. Um, enjoy the season, everybody. And we'll move into a little man in the middle debate um the beauty man will be leading the sleeping guy and myself through it so i'll throw it over to you all right well after my third straight victory the boys are tired of losing to me in these debates so i will be this week's mediator on a very exciting topic nba free agents yeah nba free agency contracts good or bad who's gonna go first the beast sleeping guy i'll go first all right, we're going to kick it off with Harold Lakers. Two years, $19 million. Give me your take. Good. 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 I think that's an appropriate use of funds. I think that actually improves the Lakers roster and gives them a solid big man off the bench to replace the Dwight Howard minutes. I think anytime you can replace Dwight Howard, it's a good signing. Early points for the sleeping guy, Beast. Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, I think that's, uh, he's going to be a key guy coming off the bench especially to play not with AD. I don't love, as I mentioned before, I don't love him and AD. And, and I'll say the contract they got for him on, two-year, $19 million, that was a, that's a steal of a deal for a guy who, was, a, who um, was close for winning an NBA award. So um, two-year, 19 mil, can't, can't say no to that. Can't argue with those points there. Early lead for the beast. Next up. <laughs> Previously mentioned, former Celtic for a cup of coffee and then maybe an iced tea on the side. Gordon Hayward, Hornets, four years, $120 million. Beast, back to you. Yuck. Yuck. Not the player, <laughs> not the player himself, but the contract. I think I think Gordon Hayward can still be a solid player, but that contract, four year, $120 million. They're gonna pay be paying that guy $30 million, over $30 million a year when he's 34. 
yuck. Don't, don't like it, especially with the Hornets being so young. Get me out of that contract. Yeah, it's a lot of money to sit around in your living room and play fucking Call of Duty all day. Sleeping guy? I have two takes. Number one, I think Gordon Hayward should be thrown in federal prison for theft because he's absolutely stealing from the people and their ticket sales. And I think that uh, Mitch Kupchak, the Charlotte GM, should be thrown in jail for attempted murder because what he's done is absolutely murdered that franchise's cap space for the next four seasons with that albatross of a contract. Now, granted, I get it. No one wants to live in Charlotte and play for that abysmal franchise. I didn't even know Nick Batum was still in the league till they stretched him a couple days ago. But good gracious, nothing says big three, eight seed like LaMelo Ball, Scary Terry, and Gordon Hayward. I think that that is absolutely just a puke of a deal. <laughs> All right. And now the former Toronto Raptor, Serge Ibaka. Clippers, two years, $19 million. Sleeping guy? Steal. Absolute steal. Now, I know I'm going to get some pushback on this, but that... Yeah, you're losing points. That is a man who has proven that he can play in crunch time in an NBA Finals and do his job. All right? Does his jump shot come and go from time to time? Yes. Has he been known to throw a few punches on the court and get suspended and miss a few games? Of course. But he's great in the locker room, and he's going to be great for that team. I think that maybe pushes them up a little bit. Raises the ceiling, as they say in NBA circles. Beast? No, don't like it. You're basically, you're replacing Harold, the six man, former six man of the year with Ibaka, and this is who, that's going to be your guy to stop AD. I, I mean, Serge, Serge used to be, I like, he's still a solid player, but I think he's, he's on the downhill slope. It, it shows a lot that the Raptors didn't, they, I know they're, they're focused on 2021, but they were not willing to give him um, more than a one-year deal. I think he's on the, on the way out. I, he'll be a solid piece for the Clippers, but I don't think it made them better. I think Harold for Ibaka, I, I would take Harold. So. Yeah, I have to agree with you. That's, that's a story has replacement. I'm not sure what else was on the market, but moving on. Fred Van Bleet, Raptors, four years, $85 million. Beast? Contract's a bit much for me, but I think the Raps had to do it. Um, I mean, he, the, he got the bag, and the Raptors have shown they, they love to give hometown guys the, the benefit of the doubt. I, think, I mean, I think Fred's a solid player, especially with Kyle left, only one year left on their deal. Maybe he's the guy going forward. Is he a s- star, and like a star in the league? I don't know. Maybe, but he's, he's a solid player. It's a good de- – it's a – I'm I'm kind of meh on the contract. Like it's it's a little much for me, but I think they had to do it. So, sleeping I'm, guy. Well, shocker here. I love it. <laughs> I think it's a great contract. Um, number one, um, you need competent point guard play in the NBA, and uh, Lowry's getting older, and he's a little less durable than he used to be. So it's going to be nice that if he goes down for any extended period of time, we have a legitimate point guard to put out there to keep the Raptors afloat. And I also think too, you got to look at that contract number and the guy's age, and just see that. While it may not look like the best of value, he's a decent asset on the balance sheet for any moves that they may potentially make down 2021, Giannis. Um, plus, I love Fred Van Fleet. I will never forget what he did in that Milwaukee Bucks series and in the NBA Finals playing amazing on-ball defense on Steph Curry. Honestly, if Fred Van Fleet was on any of your guys' teams, you guys would be calling this an absolute steal. So, great signing. 
Moving on to another mediocre Maasai signing, my boy Baines. Raps, two years, 14.3 mil, sleeping guy. I hate man buns, so I hate this. <laughs> but I think, uh, I, considering the fact that he's surprisingly not on this list, he should be, um, Marcus Gasol was fucking cooked last season. And I'm hearing all this talk about how he's going to play a role for the Lakers, but he sucked. He was a brutal in the playoffs. He was brutal near the end of the season. The legs are gone. Too too much too much Spanish wine for that guy. Um, I'd rather I like the replacement of Baines taking over those Gasol minutes. Beast. Yeah, I mean, I, to contrast that Gasol statement, I read a lot of things that they raps were actually better defensively with Gasol on the floor. So um, I still think he can get it done on the defensive end, and the Lakers don't need him to score, so that's fine. But Baines, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I. Haven't watched, watched a lot of Aaron Baines play basketball. Um, Not missing much. I, I, I mean, I hear he's a decent three-point shooter, but is that what the Ravs really want him to be doing? I don't know. It kind of it looks like you're, you're replacing Gasol and Abaka with Baines and Boucher, I guess, and Alex Len. Like, I don't, I don't think the Raptors got a lot better. I think – I honestly think they're just focused on 2021 at this point. They'll do what they can. They'll probably be a pretty solid playoff team this year, but I don't think they can win the championship. So, I mean, yeah, I think they did what they had to do, but again, don't love the Aaron Baines player. Gallinari, Atlanta Hawks, three years, $61.5 million. What do you think? I contract a bit much, but I kind of like what the Hawks did this this offseason, adding the Gallinari contract to go along with Trey Young. Um, they added Dunn and Rondo as well. Dunn is perfect to play next to Trey Young. Trey Young plays no defense. Chris Dunn, all he does is play defense. Um, so the Gallinari, it's another solid shooter to go along with Collins. So I kind of like the deal. And I, the Hawks might be a sleeper team in the East for me, everybody. I'd, I'd maybe put them uh, at like six or seven in my East power rankings right behind the Raps. And you could convince me that the Hawks would, would beat the Raps this year. It's leaving guy. That's the most Hawks talk you'll ever hear on this podcast. <laughs> I think they're an abysmal franchise and the signing does not move the needle. Bad signing. All right. Bertrands, Wizards, five years, $80 million. Sleeping guy, what do you think? The Latvian well, Lather. Oh, God. Well... <laughs> I don't even know why we're considering Wizards signings in this segment. It's because we need to point out the fact that, once again, the sorriest franchise in the NBA has once again been taken for a fool by NBA agents. Like, does Ted Leonis just keep bags of money sitting around in his office to hand out to whoever walks in there and looks like a competent NBA player? This team is garbage. They make garbage decisions. And, well, yes, he's got a silky smooth stroke. He also looks like he can't, can't count past 10, all right? I'm out on Davis Bertans. I think this is a brutal signing. And the Wizards remain irrelevant. Here comes the number one pick next year. Just free, bad, free Bradley Beal at this point. Taking a shot at his intelligence. Yikes. Um, I just yeah, said no. he, I didn't say he couldn't do it. I said he looks like he couldn't do it. <laughs> the, the contract was too much for me. Um, <laughs> it's uh, oh, a, little, a little heavy for your liking there, Kelly. Well, yeah. You would have been okay with $75 I mean, billion? The, I don't know what I don't know what the Wizards' plan is. Is like they signed this guy Beal and Wall are on massive contracts. Like I honestly think if Wall came back and he's anything what he was, like 
they'll be a solid team, maybe make the playoffs, but then lose in the first round to the the Bucks in like six or seven games. Like that's their ceiling to me. So it, I don't love the the length of this contract either. So as I, I'm trying not to be a homer, and I I don't love this deal either. But I mean, he can shoot it. He can he can get some. He can get going. And if John Wall comes back and he can find Bertrands, you know, maybe. But uh, seems seems a bit steep. Yeah, maybe not. All right. I can already picture John Wall yelling at him in the huddle. Make it brief. Best signing of NBA free agency. Sleeping guy first. Van Fleet. <laughs> Beast. I'll go Harrell. I think they got him a, a six man of the year for two year 19 mil. Give that to me all day. Well, all right. Another fantastic debate in the books. It was close. The Beast with his NBA insider knowledge. Tough to go up against. And the sleeping guy with his Raptors fandom kind of made me sick so it's a pretty even <laughs> pretty pretty easy decision for me getting off the schneid in his first ever victory the beast yes. this week's win in the debate listeners please subscribe rate and vote yeah well hell of a debate there beast um once again i have questions about the bias of the judge but i digress and but ladies and gentlemen Stay with us, because coming up, we have got a little Jedi and Sith, some talk and stalker, maybe a rant, who knows? And more importantly, out of Roger Staubach and Tony Romo, we're going to tell you who makes the better turkey. Hello there. Welcome back to the Jerry Jones family Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving special, where we are going to get started with Jedi and Sith. And gentlemen, since I am the star of the show of the second half of the podcast, I'm going to give you my Jedi first. And this week, it's an easy one. Some would say it just fell on the plate right in front of me. My Jedi of the week, Thanksgiving dinner. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner is my Jedi of the week. You've got the turkey. Perfectly roasted in the oven for three hours by the beauty man. You've got the sleeping guys, special garlic mashed potatoes that he's needling through to get nice and ready. Homemade cranberry sauce, homemade gravy, stuffing, a bun. And to top it all off, since I can't have my mother's apple pie, shout out my canceled Calgary trip, you've got some delicious pecan pie. It's an absolute feast to remember. It's some would say, it puts you to sleep. Two of my favorite things, food and sleeping. Thanksgiving dinner, you are my Jedi of the week. Over to you, beauty man. Quick aside before we get to the beauty man, um, what do you guys think about all this talk? Some debate that turkey is overrated. Our, our girl, Mina Kynes, is really on the train that Turkey is ma- vastly overrated. What do you guys have to say to that? It's in my top three, um, in no particular order, with prime rib, turkey, and steak. But um, no I would say order. this you're time putting, is... You're putting turkey over steak, hey? Well, yeah, it's turkey special. I can have steak all the time. I'm a restaurant manager. They cook for whatever they want for me. But turkey, now that's a specialty. Well, my goodness. All right. Well, sorry. Uh, Beauty man, we'll get to you. Well, in anticipation of my favorite holiday of the year, although Mina doesn't like him, I feel like we must honor this, the feature of tomorrow's main feature and the sacrifice they're making for everyone <laughs> on the left. Turkeys! <laughs> they're back on the menu, boys. An American Thanksgiving has arrived, and I could not be more excited. Yes, the Lions and the Cowboys play every year to punish us, and they parentally suck. Like... I can honestly count on one hand how many times each of these teams have showed up for this game with a winning record. It is really that bad. 
have no fear, folks, because it is the have no fear because if you time your voluptuous, tasty bird correctly, it should be sliding out of the oven just as Deshaun Watson leaves the field, meaning you only have to endure about a quarter, quarter and a half in the embarrassment that is the so-called America's team before the turkey coma sets in. For all the things you do on this great day, turkeys, you're my Jedi of the week. So they got called out left, right, and center. is almost a direct copy of the sleeping guy over here, but you can... It's said to, at least to be said that the boys are a little excited for Thanksgiving tomorrow over here. Base, what do you got for us this week? My uh, my uh, my Jedi of the week is the KBO, better known as the Korean Baseball Organization. Oh yes, nice. And the reason being is goodbye traditional trophies because I am done with them. I don't know if you guys I don't know if you guys saw this, but the KBO. For whoever the NC Dinos, shout out, shout out Dinos, Dinos alum right here. But hey, Dinos alums. Dinos alums, um, not those shitty ass Mount Royal Cougars. Sorry, Nick. Um, yeah. um, not an alum. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he took a few classes. Um, I, uh, went to the mall. Yeah. Drank a few beers. Yeah. Talked a few chicks. Lord but, have mercy. Went fifty six and one. Uh, <laughs> wife corner <laughs> uh, um, but anyways the NC Donalds they won the they won the championship and instead of raising a traditional trophy they pulled out a giant sword instead there was oh, a man and they raised a giant sword looked kind of like Excalibur so I'm done with traditional trophies Give me medieval weaponry all day because that is way cooler. So my Jedi of the week is the KBO. Um, Then I'll move straight into my Sith of the week. And that is giving players death threats over (laughs) over sports. Um, What do you think I was doing this morning? Because, uh, like, I get it. I get it. We're all passionate people. Have I uttered the names? Oh, I... I would kill Jared Goff right now. Yes. You know? <laughs> but that's in the heat of the moment. But some people, like, I don't know if you guys saw Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his family and him were receiving death threats over Twitter from those Packers fans. Like, it's just a game, everybody. I'm, I'm just, I'm getting sick of people going after people's families on, on social media just because just he fumbled a ball. Like, yeah, fuck. I, we've all made some mistakes on theirs just are just on prime time sure they cost people some money but that's just that's just part of sports gambling so so quit quit sending people death threats everybody which maybe you shouldn't fumble yeah. <laughs> back just, in my day we would have held on to that football. blow the game but I, i'm i'm with you there beast <laughs> yeah. just, just having Nothing, fun, nothing's yeah. worth freaking threatening someone's family even yeah, exactly. even costing me millions that's just the, yeah. the price you pay to play the game if you're gonna threaten anyone threaten me and not my family yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, my Jedi and Sith. Uh, Beauty Man, who is your Sith? Well, as spring turns to fall and fall to winter, I fall back to my training as a young Padawan. The golf clubs go away and I slowly, I become immersed in all things football. Naturally, I purchased Madden 21, hoping to dust some bitches online and continue to complete my utter and complete dominance of the sleeping guy. Note, he has beaten me twice in four years since moving to the island. But somewhere between 2009, when no one could ever make a defensive stop, and 2020, they instituted a defensive cheat code. I understand it's a game and not real life, but 
at the very least you could do is make it realistic. Now, let me ask you, is it realistic that a third string linebacker can cover Chris Godwin step for step on a go right, go route 60 yards down the field? Is it realistic that you can cover a short cross and a deep over with the same guy at the same time? Is it realistic that Cam Newton fumbles the ball every time he escapes the pocket and misses 70% of his targeted receivers? Okay, on that one, I'll give it to you. That's realistic. But the fact that the sleeping guy and Bobby Wagner can carry AB across the field on a dig, stop on a dime, turn 180 degrees, and outrun Mike Evans to the ball on a deep over is complete and utter bullshit. User controls have gone too far. And John, you best get your shit together because Madden 21 is mad. Point to that is I'm an absolute maestro as a rover. That I'll give him credit. He he kills it as a rover defensively. He's inept in reading coverages. So. I'm literally the twelfth man out there. I just I don't understand. Like you can just take away a short in and then jump twenty yards down the field and still pick me off. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's true. Sleeping true. guy. A uh, sleeping guy. My Sith of the week. Yes, I appreciate the prepared statements by the beauty man. But my Sith of the week popped into my head last night when, as the self-proclaimed director of programming at the social club. I was tasked with putting something on the television for our guests to watch. And if the listener out there was in the same predicament as I was in last night, they would have found that on TSN, we were treated to MLS soccer, woof, and the legend of Bagger Vance, which I've seen about a thousand times on the Golf Channel. Great film. And then on Sportsnet, we were treated to a documentary called Serena. Well, back in my day, we would have played some classic games. You know why? The kids need to know that Marty Schottenheimer was a choke artist. <laughs> Shotty's going to shovel. They need to know that Tom Brady used to get wins in primetime. They need to know that there used to be basketball games that ended 85 to 83, and we had to sit through it. And you know what? And we're giving them movies? I want history lessons. So my sense of the week is you, TSN, and Sportsnet for not being educational historians and showing shit instead of sports. <laughs> Well, at least it's not Bond Spiel season. Yeah, oh, fuck. I hope the pandemic carries on for many years so I don't have to watch a stupid fucking Bond Spiel. Or you're working the day shift and just throwing Leafs lunch on. Oh, or overdrive with O-Dog. Ugh, woof. No one's ever listened to that. <laughs> hey, we had uh, – I talked to Jamie McClellan this time, uh, this year, so watch it, Liam. I'll, I'll stick him on you. Did um, you ask him why he sucks so much ass for the Flames? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to ask him about Iggy, but – um, honorary Sith to Tom Brady for not shaking Jared Goff's hand. What a what a bastard! You know. Well, he he doesn't shake hands after losses. He has a pre-existing condition of Jared losing. Goff has to shake his hand after he lost the Super Bowl. What's what's that about? Well, there wasn't a global pandemic at that point. In time. <laughs> he yeah. he shook Drew Brees' hand. They well, were they pre- go back. They're boys. <laughs> yeah, they are boys. Yeah. Jared Goff hasn't proven himself, although he is the. He's the second winning quarterback in the league last three, four, five years. So yeah, exactly. That's so fun to find out. Second, well, yeah, fourth on that list, um, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Number one was, of course, Tom. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah. Interesting. Well, hopefully, some of his magic runs off on the Tampa well, Bay Raptors. But Nick, you've done a lot of complaining today. Do you have one more rant for us? Are we doing talking soccer first? Well, I figured we'd stick to the same schedule we've run off every other week. Well, I am the star of the show, so I'll go again. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start off with a small clip. Diego Armando Maladonna. Bilardi, the manager, wants them back to play on the game. But every-
everyone in the stadium, the England fans included, the commentators, the press bench, everybody on their feet in acclamation of one of the greatest goals that the World Championship has seen. Ladies and gentlemen, what I just played for you was a history trip back to 1986, a semifinal where Argentina triumphed over England in the World Cup. And today we remember that man who scored the most delicious goal, Diego Maradona, a man who unfortunately passed away this morning, a man who was messy before Messi, a man who has a full country that hates him because of one small act called the hand of God, where he may or may not have put his fist up in the penalty area to tap home a goal that was hit with his head. El Diego, as he's known, let me give you a few quotes so that we can find a little bit more about him. To understand the gargantuan shadow Maradona casts over his football man homeland, one has to conjure up the athleticism of Michael Jordan, the power of Babe Ruth, and the human fallibility of Mike Tyson. Lump them together in a single-barrel-chested man with shaggy black hair, and you have El Diego, idol to the millions who call him D10S, a mashup of his playing number and the Spanish word for God. Reception. Pele may have scored more goals. Messi's won more trophies. Both have lived more stable lives than the overweight former cocaine addict who tops this list, whose relationship with football has become increasingly strained. But if you've seen Maradona with the ball at your feet, you will understand. And in 2019, Maradona confessed that his weekly regime consisted of playing a game on Sunday, going out until Wednesday, and then hitting the gym maybe on Thursday. For that, we salute one of history's first bad boys, and we also salute one of the greatest players of all time. Rest in peace, Mr. Maradona. Rest in peace. I'll never forget the, the double dirty bird that he tossed. No, the <laughs> double dirty bird that he tossed was <laughs> classic. That was fucking great. Yeah, that was great. That was fantastic. Man, I watched a clip of him just warming up this morning, and like, man, you could tell that guy, maybe the most skilled guy with the ball ever. Hey. Yeah, we also got to um, shout out that documentary. Just, just oh, the fire. the Maradona documentary. Yeah, yeah, that was good. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I might just watch it again to pay homage to the man. Well, when I got my week off, we're gonna have to fill the time. Gonna have to do something. That's for sure. Yeah, Beauty Man, over to you. Are you fired up? Well, it's been a tumultuous week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Superman. He's a well-known figure. He's the sole survivor of the planet Krypton. His father, Jor-El, discovered that a nuclear chain reaction was building inside Krypton that would soon shatter the entire world. Jor-El therefore had his unborn son, Kal-El, removed from the Kryptonium chambers and placed aboard the Life Matrix for travel through hyperspace. Superman was in fact born on Earth when the Starcraft landed there. Jonathan and Martha Kent found that the infant inside the vessel and brought him to the farm in Smallville, Kansas. As Clark, blew, as Clark grew, his powers grew with him. Over the years, he would amaze the people of Earth with the speed of a bullet and his impenetrable frame. My personal favorite, the laser beam eyes. He has saved our measly planet countless times over and somehow still managed to star on the big screen, releasing seven blockbuster movies in a total, seven blockbuster movies in total, if you count Batman vs. Superman, which I do not because it was awful. Shout out Man of Steel. But what makes Superman a hero is not that he has the power, but that he has the wisdom and the maturity to use the power wisely. 
If trouble is in the air, you best hope that Kal-El, Clark Kent, the OG, comes to your rescue because there are many real pretenders out there. Most notably, Cam Newton. This motherfucker <laughs> has been claiming to be Superman for as long as I can remember. Yes, I am referring to the same Cam Newton that couldn't beat out Tim Tebow in a competition of who controlled the ball better, the same Cam Newton who has a career winning percentage of 54, the same Cam Newton who threw his lineman under the bus after throwing a back-breaking pick six to Cam Chancellor in the divisional round back in 2014, the same Cam Newton who flaunts the Kryptonian symbol of hope under his jersey but can't be bothered to dive on the ball he fumbled in the Super Bowl down 10 with 10 to play, if you were so super, Cam, how come you were the lowest paid starting quarterback in the league? If you were such a hero, Cam, where are you at the end of the game against Seattle or Denver or Buffalo or Houston? I mean, Jesus Christ, if Cam Newton is Superman, then call me the fucking Pope. This segment has been brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Pilsner. Sneak a weasel, but be careful. The weasels do not sneak up on you. Boo. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it. Fuck the outfits. Fuck the noise. All of his takes. Give Bill all the compliments you want. Go home. I'm no, done with you, Cam. No, brilliant setup, Nick. And to your point as well, Man of Steel, I think it's underrated. Oh, I really, Man, of, Man of Steel, great flick. I really enjoyed Russell Crowe as Superman's dad. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I'd say number two in fictional dads. Well, well that's taking it too Russell, far. That's, 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 a, that's an insane take. But, Not ranked Batman's dad. Well, but then you're just you're just throwing Kevin Costner under the bus because he he played Jonathan Kent and I thought he was great there as well. Well, he might be number two or three in the same movie. You're gonna have the top, the top dad and the top second, the top two movie dads are in the same film. <laughs> well, they saved the well. They raised the guy who saved the world. I mean, that's pretty good credentials, right, right there. I mean, shout out Man of Steel, but it's not that great. The only one I can other think of that my top would be Odin. Like from Thor? Well, yeah. Well, I do love he, he united Falcon. he united the nine realms. Yeah, what but his like sons Coach? just went rampant. Like what about like Coach Taylor? Well, he's too busy coaching the Bengals. <laughs> All right. Well, what about Coach Boom? Maybe that'll be our uh, our next uh, big. Well, take. What you, actually, <laughs> you know what? Underrated Coach Ghost. Coaching defense and being a single dad? That ain't easy. <laughs> okay, next week, boys. I'll give you next week's Kellen's Big J question of the week uh, so you can think on it this now. We will build our, fi- our fictional family. So you got to build – you got to have a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, and a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. So, uh, that's next week, so start thinking on it now. Okay. How nuclear family of you, Kellen? What's that? A nuclear family. You, okay, build your yeah, build your own family. You could have we're, two we're, dads. We're, yeah, you could have two dads. You could have two moms. Uh, you could you could be dating, you could be dating a guy. Whatever you want in your family. We are we're it's 2020. We're a progressive podcast. You, you build your own family. All right, I'm basing mine off the Trump family. Nice. <laughs> Good job by you, buddy. Thank you. But today's Big J question of the week, and I've always been curious about this. <laughs> If you two could design your own sports moment that you are the center of, oh, like big moment, you you hit the walk off home run, you make the putt to win this certain whatever tournament, 
what are you guys picking? Like, what's, what's your dream scenario that you want you could live out if you were given the power to do so? Um, I'll start again because, like, once again, I've had more time to think about it. And it's tough because there's a part of me that, like, you, you want the Super Bowl walk-up touchdown, but, like, it's not quite the same moment. So I think I, this might be a little homer take, but I think I'm, I'm hitting the shot to win the national title in March Madness. I'm hitting the buzzer beater, the walk-off. The, the, this is non-COVID, of course, so the, the student section rushes the floor. You're just you're going to parties the next that night. You're you're not going to class for a week. Like we're not going to be like Luke May who shows up to the <laughs> the uh, the class the next morning and fucking is in class at eight a.m. We're not going to class for a week. Um, we're just you're you're the legend on campus. So I think that's what I'm doing. It's uh, it's always been a dream of mine. I'm I'm hitting the walk off shot to win the the national title in March Madness. Um, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Um, I've got two, of course. I always have two answers. It seems like number one yeah, would be yeah. more of would be more of a low key sports moment that I'd like to be a part of. I would like to get fouled in the box in soccer, and line up to take a penalty, and I would love to hit a cheeky panenka, and just have me running over to the corner flag, smiling. Maybe throw it up a shush, and then having the commentator say, "Oh, cool as you like." That would be that would be honorable mention. Explain what a panika is to our non-soccer listeners. Ah, the panenka penalty invented in 1978 by Antonin Panenka in a huge semi-final European matchup, where instead of firing your penalty in the bottom corner, the top corner, straight at you, run up and then you chip the goalie. Um, you can look up Zidane in the 06 World Cup final or the current best at it, maybe the best ever at it, maybe better than Panenka, Sergio Ramos, who is a dynamite at it. But the number one moment that I would love to have in sports, the Iron Bowl, where Alabama is kicking a 55-yard field goal to win the game. I stand in the end zone. I catch the missed field goal, and then I run 109 yards the other way for bragging rights. We're going to Toomer's Corner. Let's do it. I think that is the ultimate sports moment. I don't know about you guys. Shout out Chris Davis. All right. All right. I'm, 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 uh, that's, a, that's a good one, man. It's a, it's a big, big, way to, big way to end the game. But uh, Catherine Webb's still crying. The beauty man. I'm interested to see what you, yours is. I, I would think I know, but I, I could be wrong again. I was wrong the last time. So. Yeah, you, you've been wrong many times before. I'm sure the trend will continue. I have pictured myself growing up in many different championship-esque <laughs> moments, hitting the game winner to win the NBA title, MJ style, making a 10-footer down the hill to win a major like Eldrick. And drive my team down to win a Super Bowl with the game on the line like Tom. However, if you had to put me in one spot to pick, man, I'm playing out the final hole at Augusta National with a lead, part of tie, birdie to win. Played up right center of the middle of the green. It comes back. I got that slippery down the hill right to left that doesn't really break. Everyone misses it on the high side other than Phil Mickelson when he jumped a full 
two inches in the air in celebration when he got his first major. I want to make that same putt and slide on the green jacket. And we're going to party all the way down Magnolia, Magnolia Lane into the Champions Center the following season. Okay, I was right. I figured that would be. Yeah, it, I, I, I even let the sleeping guy go first because I thought, you know, maybe I come off the practice roster for Tom and catch three passes as we drive down the seal to, to set up Vinatieri, who's come out of retirement for a late field goal. But it just, um, I don't see myself as a football player anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and it was tough because like I thought about doing the football, but like and. But I had thought about making the winning kick, but then that makes you a kicker, and it's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone hates you anyways because yeah, if you miss, you're gonna get death threats. Yeah, and sh- yeah, bring it. Well, back. don't miss the kick. <laughs> yeah, okay, that, that solves it. Um, but that was uh, Kellen's big J question of the week. Uh, you know, next week's now, so everyone get excited for it. We're gonna build our fictional families quickly. So nice. Uh, be excited. Man, my gay dads are gonna be a fucking power <laughs> <laughs> all right sleeping guy uh, throw us to our final break throw us to our final break all right well coming up we're gonna tell you why the lions suck on thanksgiving hello there and we're back on the man in the middle podcast Kellen, pass the gravy beauty man pass the cranberry sauce let's make some football picks but uh first we got to talk um some records from last week not a great showing from any of the boys. Um, Kellen and Liam were both 500, um, while the Beauty Man was eight and six. Beauty Man re- goes up three games on the sleep of uh, the Beast, and <laughs> he remains. Oh, he jumps up to six games ahead of the Sleeping Guy. So Sleeping Guy still got some ground to make up. Um, Second sleeping- half team. Are you confident you can do it? Like I've said, you don't win the picks pool in the first quarter, the second quarter, or the third quarter, but in the fourth quarter. So I'm ready to go. If anything, Nick's Nick's just on the spread right now. I'm covering. Yeah, well, I couldn't have been worse last week. Somehow I'm still better than both of you. That was your opportunity to make up some ground. I'm not going to be taking some risks anymore like I did last week. I got a little overconfident. I even – I. I could I could hear it when I listened to the podcast, reviewed the tape. Um, not impressed with my attitude towards the picks last week. We got our game face on. I'm ready to fucking go this week. Yeah, I'm ready to go too. All right. Well, well the season is officially starting. It's Thanksgiving. Yep. The boys are ready to go. So let's start with the first Thanksgiving game. We got Texans Lions. Everybody's favorite Thanksgiving game. The Lions in the morning. Uh, it starts at what nine thirty? Your guys' time. That's uh. Yeah. 9.30 kickoff on Thanksgiving. That's some early football for you guys. Um, no, it's fantastic. If anything, it's not early enough. <laughs> so are you guys taking the Texans then after shit-talking the Lions? Well, I am going to make a bold prediction this week in that the Lions will score points. However, they're going to lose because after watching that Texans game last week, Deshaun pitched what was arguably a perfect game, and I'm going to roll with him and get it done again this week at Ford Field in Detroit. Yeah, shockingly, I haven't seen Matt Stafford on the injury report yet this week, so that's a surprise. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Lions against my Texans only because – the Texans looked good last week. The Lions looked like shit last week. So I'm predicting a change of places. Yeah, that's um, that's another great pick coming off a great Lions pick last week. Beast? I'm, I'm going to go with the Texans. 
no looks like no Galladay, Stafford. Stafford looked like shit last week, and that was – I mean, he had one good throw, and it got called back on a penalty. I watched most of it because I had him in fantasy. Bad decision by me. Um, so I'm going to go with Texans, mostly out of spite. But the game of the day, boys, now that the Steelers-Ravens is postponed, battle for first in the NFC East. Washington football team heading to Dallas for the traditional game in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Are we? Do you guys like Washington in Jerry World? I don't know if I like Washington anywhere ever. But I hate the Cowboys. So let's go with the amateur football team. Come on, Alex Smith, Chase Young. It's a great story. I'm hopeful. Sleeping guys? Well... If I remember the history of my life correctly, previously I picked the Panthers to lose to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Loss for the sleeping guy. Previously, I picked the Cowboys to beat the Bills on Thanksgiving. A loss for the sleeping guy. And so this year, you know who we're taking? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> First place in the NFC East. I'm also going to take the Cowboys. Yes, <laughs> nice. <laughs> the boys are, I'm, I believe it in the Cowboys. They fucked me so many times this year. But, you know, I have a short memory. I forget, I forget wrongdoings in the past. Um, some would say that's to a fault, especially with my dating track record. But, you know, we're, we're, we're here. So uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe in the Cowboys like I used to believe in Kara Lakeman. So shout out, Kara. <laughs> Oh, fuck. You know, let's go. Get your heart out. <laughs> Hopefully this doesn't get out to the masses. Um, but Because I'll be getting an angry text. Sorry, Cody Chamberlain, too. I, yeah, I, yeah, the, I was going yeah, to say, an angry text from Cody? Hurricane's, from hurricanes blowing in. Did be jealous just that you uh, mentioned um, her name? So. I, know, I, know he gets, I know you still love her. Uh, hopefully Alyssa doesn't listen to this. Anyways, moving on to Raiders-Falcons. Falcons looked atrocious last week. Does anybody think that's going to change? Or do the Raiders have a legit football team here? Well, I'm pretty disappointed in the Falcons last week, especially since I picked them. I felt like uh, they're the first coachless team in NFL history who could make a run. But, man, the Raiders, they played great considering they couldn't practice last week against the best team in the league. This is an easiest pick of the week, in my opinion. The Raiders are getting it done in the ATL. Well, I thought about that too this week, Nick, when I looked at it. But this looks to me to be the game that kills everyone's parlay. Because we're all thinking the Raiders are looking good. The Falcons are trashy. They're terrible. So I advise everyone in North America to stay away from this game with your money. But I'm also going to take the Raiders. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the train. I I can't take the Falcons after what they looked like last last week. Um, so I'm I'll jump with the Raiders too. Um, Chargers Bills is an interesting one to me because the, the Bills. I know they look good. They're coming off a of bye, but the Chargers. Justin Herbert's been slanging it. Um, does anybody like the young kid going into Buffalo and getting the win? No, not personally. I, I mean, he's going to perform well, I'd assume, but I can't see him pulling him out. The Bills are formidable. They're one of the better teams in the conference, and they should continue that trend this week. 
No one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. I'm taking the Bills as well. The Chargers are three and eight. Let's not forget that, ladies and gentlemen. And they got a win last week, which means they're due to lose about four straight tragically. I'm going to take the Chargers. <laughs> oh, nice. Keep them in mind for the big money parlay, everybody. That money line is looking tasty. But you know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Chargers. They, they're coming off their a win. I know it was against the lowly Jets, but, I mean, I don't know if that defense is going to be able to stop Josh Allen, but I like Justin Herbert to, to slang it against them and, and do some things. Keenan Allen looks like maybe a top five receiver in the league right now. Um, so I, I'm going to go Chargers. Giants-Bengals, this is a game not many people will be watching, especially with no Joe. I like the Giants it's with Ryan Finley. Um, Anybody like the, the Bengals? No. No, I hardly liked them with Joey Covers. And now that his career has ended because his coach is an idiot, I'm just going to roll with the Giants here. It's an easy W for Judge and company. Just put a fork in the Bengals. Yeah. I'm also going to go with the G-Men. All right. All right. And arguably the game, probably the game of the morning slate for sure, Titans-Colts, AFC South supremacy on the line. Um. Liam, we're assuming you're going Titans, but uh, we could be wrong. I'm going to take the Colts at home. They're three and a half point favorites. I like them. They they I like them to stop Derrick Henry. That that makes Tannehill the guy that has to beat him. I don't know if he can do it. I'm going to take the Colts. What about you, boys? Tighten up. This is the most difficult pick of the week, personally. Um, I'm going to roll with the Colts. I think they got something going there. I, I like the Titans better overall, but I think this week, this matchup at home, I think it's the Colts getting it done. All right. Well, that's uh, two, for, two for the Colts, one for the Titans, and we knew it was going to be fucking the sleeping guy. <laughs> Browns, Jags. Mike Lennon getting the start for the Jags. See you, Jake Luton. I know, I know the sleeping guy is uh, sad to see him go because he liked his moxie, in quotes. Um, Browns, Jags. I, the, the Browns beat bad teams. That's what they do. They, they, don't, they can't beat the good teams, but they beat the bad teams. I'm going to go Browns. I'm assuming you guys are on the same. Well, I'm going to ride these brownies until they start – Stop winning me money. I mean, be woke on the under. We'll check the weather there in South Florida. If I see any hint of rain and or wind, we're going to hammer the under again. It's been flawless this last two weeks. I like the Brownies again. Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield has settled into his nice career being a game manager with an excellent ground game. Well, yeah. And you know what? That's what wins in Jacksonville. So I'm going to take the Brownies as well. All right. Uh, Cardinals. Or no, Panthers-Vikings. Panthers, Vikings. Still P.J. Walker, but it's in Minnesota. I mean, Teddy Teddy's up in the air right now. So, I know it's, again, it's a tough, tough pick with no. But P.J. Walker looked comparable last uh, – he looked, uh, looked all right last week. So, does anybody believe he can do it again? I'll walk the walk. Take the Panthers. All right. Wow. The Vikings didn't, didn't look great against the Cowboys, that's for sure especially that defense, so I don't mind that pick. I'm going to stick Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings at home. It's almost a must win to keep their season alive. So I, I like the Vikings. Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to run wild. Beauty Man? 
Yeah, you know, Panthers D looked fantastic last week, although it wasn't against the most formidable of competition. Um, I do believe in PJ Walker. I love what Matt Rule is doing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Panthers. I was about to pick the Vikings, but I just talked myself into Carolina. So nice. Uh, sleeping guy and his favorite tradition when we had uh, especially when we had the uh, Panthers on our fantasy team. Panther noise, baby. Cardinals Pats. We're thinking the beauty man is for sure on the Cardinals, but uh, am I wrong? Um is a pass available here? <laughs> no. You okay. must he says as he's in his Patriots hat. <laughs> hey man, I'm still a fan. Doesn't mean I can't question what's going on at the helm. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Uh, there's a better football team. Sleeping guy? Eight, New England's at home. <laughs> no fuck. Patriots. Oh, big switch up. All right. Yeah, last second switch. We'll allow it. Well, we will allow it. Sleeping guy. If we're, if we're allowing a switch, I'd like to change my Cowboys pick to a Redskins pick, a f- football team pick. Um, is that serious? Yeah, that's serious. All right. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm changing to the to the football team. Um, and I'm oh. also gonna take Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I want to believe in Cam with the Cardinals. I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Cardinals too. I think Deshaun gives or Kyler gives the Pats the same issues Deshaun does, and so I'm gonna go with Cardinals. Dolphins, Jets. I'm assuming we can move on unless anyone thinks the Jets get their first win of the season. No, <laughs> maybe the sack comes out this week. Who knows? Yeah, right. If it hasn't come out yet, it's not gonna come out. Beauty man's shaking his head. He's on the fins too. I think he was shaking yes for the Jets. <laughs> yeah, fucking right. I'm not commenting on this putrid that is the New York Jets. Saints at in Denver. Drew Locke fucked me again last week. <laughs> done with the Broncos. So I'm going to go Saints, it, regardless if it's Taysom Hill. Does anybody like the Broncos in, the, in my high? I do. Upset pick of the week. I'm picking the Broncos. I'm back. I'm back on Drew Locke and company. I think they're a different team <laughs> at home. I, I don't know, man. I thought I thought Miami was the lock of the week last week, and um, they got off to a hot start. But don't sleep on that defense. Denver's defense is coming around to play, and Taysom Hill, I don't think he's going to be able to get it done. Let's hope for some cold weather. That would make it a lot easier for Denver to get a pull of the W. So I did now, I now find myself in quite the pickle because <laughs> at first – I like the Broncos, but my picks have been terrible, so I wanted to fade myself by picking the Saints. But then the Beauty Man's picks have been good, and he picked the Broncos, but I hate the Beauty Man, so I want to pick the Saints and be opposed to them because they need a game back. So as you can see, I'm balancing a lot of plates here. <laughs> and who that? We're going with the Saints. All right. They should win. They 100%. They should, but something about Denver at home. 93% of Vegas also liked the Finns last week, so – have a, have a day, have a day, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how you make money. Yeah. Um, all right, 49ers going to LA on the fast turf. I like the Rams. This should be a divisional game. They should win, especially with Nick Mullins playing, <laughs> starting at quarterback. What about you, boys? Anybody, anybody like the Niners? Um, 
I, I'm a little hesitant with them coming back, feeling rested and fresh, especially after the last time I bet on this exact game. It cost me everything. But no, on that fast turf in La La Land, I can't see San Francisco coming in and getting it done. John, what's the status of George Kittle for this game? Out. Ah, Rams. Yeah. He's out. He's out. For, he might be out for the season, honestly. So. Nice. All right. In in the game of the, arguably the game of the day, Chiefs Bucks. Mahomes going back to Tampa Bay, uh, to take on Tom. Um, Buccaneers really need a bounce back game. Beauty man, do they get it? No chance. Um, unless they can get a completely new coaching staff in the next couple of days. They're not going to beat the best team in the league. They couldn't even beat the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Chiefs, knowing that they're going to lose because I'm picking against Tom Brady. He needs to bounce back. But how many get-right games do you get in a season? So Chiefs it is. Yeah, I'm also on the Chiefs. I mean, how can you, like, give me a break. You can't if – you, if you can't beat the Bears, if you can't beat the Saints at home, if you can't beat the Rams – Just I, get a different club. Yeah. No, there's there's no way you're going to be able to stop Patrick Mahomes and come. And, yeah, exactly, especially with what Jared Goff – like, you let Jared Goff throw for almost 400 yards against you. What's Patrick Mahomes going to do? Um, Sunday nighter, a little bit of a disappointing Sunday nighter. We have to watch the Bears in prime time again. Yuck. But the Bears going to, to Lambeau. Surprise, surprise, another prime home game for the, for the Packers, as, as the boys would point out. Packers are nine-point favorites. Anybody like the Bears? With the way their defense is playing, <laughs> if they can show any semblance of a running game and Nick Foles plays really well, I think they still get their fucking teeth kicked in because they got Matt Nagy coaching and it's inept. I like the Packers to win on the frozen country easily. I'm not making the same mistake in the season three times. Yeah. Um. The 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 starter is still up in the air. Um, Foles has got a hip. Trubisky's got a shoulder. I honestly think Mitch gives them a better chance to win this game, but I still like the Packers. Sleeping guy, you believe in the Bears? One stat correction. Uh, Nick Foles has two hips, and Mitch Trubisky has two shoulders. However, each of them have injured one of them. And uh, on top of that, I'm already to puke in my mouth when the Monday morning narrative is, Aaron Rodgers beats the Bears defense. Is he the best quarterback we've ever seen? Puking in my mouth already. So the Packers it is. I guess those both words start with the word P. All right. Well, thanks for the stat correction. I think that people fucking knew what I meant. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyways, Raven Steelers, time still TBD. I don't know if you guys have got an update on the time, but just says TBD on my uh, schedule. Ideally, they kick off at 8 p.m. on the West Coast. Is it going to be played, <laughs> like, this weekend? Is there a plan, at least? Like, yeah, just throw Sunday, it up there on Sunday's Sunday? The plan. Sunday is the plan. Yeah, well, I like um, tomorrow's plan a lot better. But I, I like the Steelers still, especially even, even if they get a few guys back. I'm going to go Steelers. It's a little tough to pick this game without knowing what the hell the deal is, but yeah, seriously, like, are we going to have a Brandon Williams? Are we going to have a J.K. Dobbins or a Mark? No, Brown? they're out for sure. For sure, for sure? For sure. Ten days isolation if you test positive for COVID-19. Well, good. I think um, the Steelers are going to be 
uber pissed and the Ravens are reeling. And on Sunday, I would have picked the Ravens to win this game. However, a few days changed a lot. I think the Steelers remain undefeated. Yeah, this is truly a kitchen sink game for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I think they're going to need more than the kitchen sink. So I'm going to go with Steelers. Yeah. All right. All in the Steelers. And in the boring Monday night game that no one's excited about, um, the Eagle, the Seahawks go to Philly. Do we believe in Carson Wentz? Because he's made it tough. <laughs> he has made it tough. Man, the local, <laughs> the local box office news in Philadelphia is harsh. Everyone's clamoring for Jalen Hurts. They think letting Nick Foles go was the biggest mistake that the franchise has ever made. And I'm loving it. I wonder how much fun you're having playing for the Eagles right now. Seahawks are going to come in and kick the shit out of them on Monday night. Oh, it's going to be close because that's what we do as the Seahawks. We don't well, you're going to let, you're gonna let Carson even... Wentz have a renaissance game. He's going to throw for four bills, no problem. But Yeah, I'm picking the Seahawks, but in a bigger upset, Carson Wentz has cracked open the door on the who would you rather take in that draft class debate between Wentz, Prescott, and Jared Goff through his own fault of sucking ass all season. Um, and in that debate, I'm still taking Dak Prescott. I thought that we would that debate was long over and it was Jared Goff. Were you still just a, that much of a hater? I'm such a hater. Well, I know you I'm a noted hater, but hey, I'm a hater. I admit it. Pretty boy Jared, just because he gets blitzed every once in a while and he'll throw a few games away doesn't mean he doesn't have a, a quick release and, and knows how to be the puppet that he's meant to be <laughs> for Sean McVay. We, we can all agree that uh, Carson Wentz is officially third in the rankings now, though. So that's 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 Actually, a, I, I didn't. Well, you I'm not that Oh, wow. All right, all right. Interesting. Well, he just hates – well, like, Homer. What a Homer. I got Who lets the fucking Homers on the podcast? Well, how am I Homer to Carson Wentz? Over, I just think he's – I've seen him – like, what he did last year, throwing for 4,000 yards with no one around and squeaking that team into the playoffs. It looks like he's still trying to do too much, but he's never had the supporting cast that Dak plays with yeah. in Dallas. The under has hit the last two times the Seahawks have visited Philadelphia, just in case anyone was thinking about that. Yeah, but that – you guys had defenses was, in those years. It was literally less than a year ago. Yeah. And guess what you had oh, less than a year ago? Nothing has changed. Defense. Nothing has changed in the world since we last went to Philadelphia. Well, you know, Jadavion Clowney's playing in Nashville. Yeah, nothing, I guess that's the only biggest change. He does, he's not even that good. Though. Um, anyways, all right. <laughs> yeah, we're way better. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'm, set the edge. I'm <laughs> – <laughs> I'm yeah, about the box, real. too, as much as I hate it. But uh, those are our, our picks. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, um, I have to make a confession. The big money parlay is a putrid 0-6 in the last two. <laughs> but this, well, that's why you only bet a little amount. Yeah. And then when you, you hit one, you're just you're laughing because you, you, now you want a big amount of money and you only lost a small amount. So, um, But I'll start with the sleeping guy because he actually wrote his parlay down already. So we'll go with him. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, so this week, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've gathered around the table for some nice Thanksgiving, and I hope you're also ready to win some money. You're going to take about a medium-sized amount of coin, preferably a half unit, and you're going to take the football team money line. Then you're going to take a few days off gambling, but only one day, only one day, you're going to put in the Crimson Tide on the money line on Saturday in the Iron Bowl in that parlay as well. But Coach Saban won't be there. 
Yeah. Oh, he, he plays. He'll be there. Yeah. yeah. Terry's going to be there for sure. Miss Terry will be there coaching for him. Um, Sunday morning then, you're going to take a trip over to the Giants-Bengals game where you're going to safely take the under. That game is an automatic under because I don't see the Bengals scoring more than three points, and I can't see Daniel Jones scoring more than 35. It's a tasty under 42. And finally, to end off, your four days of football, you're going to go to Monday night, and you're going to put in that Seahawks money line. So to recap it for you, ladies and gentlemen, you have got the amateur football team. You have got the Alabama Crimson Tide, who could potentially beat the amateur football team. You've got the under in Cincinnati versus the G-Men and the Seahawks to win yourself a big amount of money. That's another nice parlay. How did last week's fare? One and two. <laughs> and I really like that one. Yeah, well, so, hey. It was to show you what, um, what I have. But it goes to show that I'm back. Two. Right. Making parlays. <laughs> <laughs> Back to making parlays. <laughs> Didn't know you left. All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> lightning struck twice, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the can't lose parlays lost in back-to-back weeks. Now, I will admit, in the past two weeks, we are four and two out of our six overall picks, which is much improved from the zero and six and the one and two to my counterpart. So ride with me while we make some coin. You're going to take the easiest money of the week is Houston in Detroit. I'm not sure if Matt Patricia even wants to win games at this point or if he's just clamoring to go back and sit beside Bill Belichick in New England up in Massachusetts. From there, don't overcomplicate it. It's not that difficult. Kansas City's going to Tampa Bay, but they got the GOAT. And you just you can never count them out. I may not have picked them. Stay away from that game. Stay away from the Titans. Stay away from the Colts. But the Packers at home Sunday night against the Bears is guaranteed money. Almost as easy as the Seahawks over Philadelphia. So to recap, the can't lose parlay this week is Seattle, Green Bay, and Houston. All right. Uh-huh. The the big money parlay. Now I gotta gonna clarify it's not all underdogs this week because I don't like enough underdogs and I made that clear in my uh in my picks of the week but you're gonna take the Cardinals to cover two in New England I like Kyler I think he's gonna give them trouble then you're gonna go and you're gonna take I like the Chiefs to cover three and a half in Tampa Bay I think uh that Tampa Bay defense is looking rough um, I think they're going to give Tom trouble. Um, so I, th- those are the two. And then where you're going to win your big amount of money is you're going to take the Chargers money line, everybody. You're going to put it down. They're, they're, the Bills are favored by six. I think the Chargers go in and win, win outright. And that's where you win a big amount of money. So let's hope wow. it. Uh, let's Chargers hope- outright. Yeah, let's hope it goes. Uh, let's hope it uh, it hits this week. It's gonna hit. It's got. We we've got to bounce back. So there's there's the there's the picks. Um, if you bet a little amount of money for eight straight weeks and lose, but then hit on the ninth, you've broken yeah. even. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's what we're looking for. Well, uh, that's our show this week. Um, enjoy. It's big sports weekend, everybody. College basketball should be fun. Football's. We got enjoy. There's there's a big uh, big college basketball game tomorrow. Um, between who is it again? Kansas Gonzaga, number one versus number six. So 
everyone enjoy that while you watch some football. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Boys, take us out. Patrails, everyone. Please note that amidst their gambling, I thoroughly encourage single game picks as we're all getting cooked on parlays in the past few weeks. Love you guys. My pick of the week is to make sure you help out with the dishes. Nice. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. Thank <laughs> you.